Welcome to the High Performance Mindset Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Sandra Kampoff, and thank you so much for joining me here today for episode 577 on how to become a home run leader. I'm grateful that you're here, and thanks so much for tuning in. Today, I interview my friend, Dr. Dave Webb, who is the author of an Amazon bestselling book titled Home Run Leadership, Your Guide to Better, Faster Team Decisions. His passion for collaborative team decision-making, which you'll hear about in this episode, grew out of his doctoral research in conflict management and shared decision-making. And for decades, his tool called the IROD Leadership Tool, again, which you'll hear about in this episode, has served organizations to increase collaborative team decision-making and build inclusive team participation. His training presentations focus on helping people and organizations like businesses, schools, and churches utilize the best team science to help them make better team decisions. And in this episode, Dave and I talk about the four components of home run leadership, the difference between a home run leader and a regular leader, how you can use his IROD tool in both your work and life, and why leaders need to understand their gifts and their gaps. If you'd like to see the full show notes and description of this podcast, you can head over to cindracampoff.com slash 577 for episode 577. And if you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review. This just helps us reach more and more people each and every week, and we would be so forever grateful. Okay, let's bring on Dr. Dave Webb. Welcome to the High Performance Mindset Podcast. I got Dave Webb on the podcast here today, and I'm so excited to have you join us. I can't wait to hear about your wisdom and this idea of home run leadership and how how we can really relate to, a, to it and what it means for us. So Dave, just thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks. This is my honor. Just, uh, I'm so pleased to be with you. Yeah, I'm excited as well. And I'm going to start the way I always start these interviews, and I'd love for you to tell us a little about your passion and what you do. Yeah, so I'll probably begin and go back about five years ago because uh, I was at a a session with, uh, it was a Minnesota School Boards Association, so a a former superintendent, uh, 12-year superintendent for Twin Cities District here in the St. Paul, Minneapolis area. but we have a great keynote speaker come in. Um, she was inspirational. And I came right after the presentation out to get her books and meet her and get her signature. And I actually got a selfie with her because I wanted to be her. I wanted to do what she was doing. And that's Cinder Kampoff. So <laughs> I came out a few five years ago, out of this school board keynote. And I was inspired and I said, I have gifts to give people. And when I retire, I want to do what she's doing. Wow. So I came up to you and I said, hey, like, can you coach me on some of the fundamentals? Like, what do I need to do to kind of backwards map to get to where you are today? So if you fast forward now, One of the things that you shared was, well, if you want to get out and keynote and train and coach, it really helps to have a book. Yes. I knew that I wrote my first book called my dissertation, my (laughs) doctorate program over 20 years ago. 
So I always wanted to get this user-friendly version of my book up and out. And so a year and a half ago, I got Home Run Leadership, this really simplified science of all the best leadership. It's got the core tool that all the best leadership systems use. So uh, we can talk more about that in the podcast. But you said, can you get a book up and out? I did. You said, hey, can you join the NSA, the National Speakers Association? I did. And both have been just a gift to me to now providing for my family and retirement has yeah. been just a huge gift. So I have presentation. I have one yesterday, one today, one tomorrow, one on Monday. Wow. So uh, what a gift that you've given me to inspire me to become a national speaker. And I'll just share one last opening story. Uh, I got a uh, WhatsApp message at about four o'clock in the morning that said, we'd like you to come to present home run leadership at the U.S. Embassy in Japan. So what was that? So you've helped me get to this dream level of performance. And that's really what the high performance focus that you have is all about, right? Well, Dave, wow. Uh, I'm speechless. (laughs) Uh, I do remember that moment where you came up to me and I remember exactly where we were. I remember the book table, right? Um, And I think what's really amazing about just that interaction is I think about this quote by Jim Rohn that he said, you're the average of the five people you spend time with. And I think, you know, you had to take initiative just even to come up to me and say, hey, I want to do what, what you're doing. Right. But then you also followed through. You wrote a book, which is not easy. It takes time. It takes commitment. And as someone who wrote a dissertation, it's very difficult to take these high level research ideas and put them into practice. I'm writing my next book on confidence and I've been reading all this research about confidence. And it's it's easy to write like scientifically the way you're reading, but then to put it into really simple terms. That's incredible. And to know that embassy and then just the the keynote uh, circuit that you've been on. I think it also, as, as I hope people are listening, that it gives them hope that, you know, that you can have a goal and make it happen really quickly within five years, whatever that goal might be by taking massive action the way that you did. Uh, and, and I'll talk during the podcast today about leadership gifts and gaps. Mm-hmm. So we all have gaps. Like mm-hmm. I actually had one of my coaches tell me that nobody with my leadership style has ever written a book. Wow. Nobody with my leadership style has ever written a book. So I knew I had wow. gaps. So mm-hmm. I found a book coach to mm-hmm. actually work with me mm-hmm. to... You know, chapter by chapter, we developed and co-created and he pulled out all this great science out of me mm-hmm. that we wrote together in this Home Run Leadership book. And he said, what's so cool, Dave, about your book is you learned it over 20 years ago. So it marinated well and you then smoothed out all the rough edges to simplify the science mm. and have practical examples from all of your leadership teams that you've worked with to then coach others well. Okay. Yeah, home run. 
Wow. Well, that's awesome. Okay. So as we kind of dive into thinking about our gaps, because I'm interested in thinking about what are my gaps in my leadership too, as I'm always trying to grow and continue to be a high performer, which to me just means at my best consistently. Maybe let's start before we kind of dive into home run leadership. Just tell us a bit about why you're doing this work right now and what, how are you living your purpose? Cause I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it like virtually as I watch you, but also see it in your actions and uh, hear it in your voice that this is really purpose-driven for you. So why is it that you're, you're doing this work about home run leadership? So purpose-driven is a good word. So the core of everything that I do is my family. Mm-hmm. Right? It's why mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I always want more for my kids than what we had growing up. And I want a better life for them than even we had. And so um, I'm going to just go personal for just a mm-hmm. minute. So mm-hmm. um, my wife and I were married for 29 years, but about 10 years into our marriage, uh, we had four kids under the age of seven. Wow. And um, she was then diagnosed with breast cancer 10 years into our marriage. And for the next 19 years, the battle was on to make sure that he was doing well, her family was doing well. And so I retired about two years ago out of the superintendency to pull home to care for my wife and quickly realized that I couldn't do it alone. And I had to bring in extra care team support. And by bringing in the care team support, the costs got to be so high that I needed to make sure to get my book and out. And mm-hmm. I could get out and coach for two hours and come back home while my care team was in place and still be here 90% of the day supporting her and our family. And I'll just say again, the reason I'm so thankful for you, Cindra, is by providing the vision of how to redesign my life, I was able to then get my book up and out, begin keynoting and training, and that provided the funding to pay for the care team that took care of my wife with me for the last couple of years. So on a sad note, she passed away just the past summer. Yeah. And I'll just say we're super thankful for the 19 additional years that we had together to get our kids to 20, 22, 24, and 26, rather than one, three, five, and seven. So we are counting our blessings and we're trying to shift from grief into gratitude for what that was. Wow, that's your why. Yeah, I just got um, goosebumps as I'm just listening to you and thinking about how this, you know, second career, maybe we call it, I have a client who calls it like her next phase, not retirement. She's like the next phase, right? How the next phase in living your passion and the lessons you learned as a superintendent, how, you know, that has, has really served your family. And I think when you ask people about their why, their purpose, you get this deep answer. Um, as I do some of my keynotes, I have people consider what their purpose is because that's pillar two and beyond grit. And um, someone one day came up to me and she said, you know, why don't when we meet people, we don't just ask them what they do. Why not? Why not have the first question be, why do you do what you do? And I mean, I'm just thinking I could have asked you what you do, 
But hearing more about the why is really how we connect with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. So as we're thinking about your concept of home run leadership, let's talk a little bit about how home run leadership is different than maybe regular leadership. And I'm sort of putting that in air quotes because I'd like you to talk about what do you think regular leadership really is? So I've got this really cool chart in my book, page 44 of home run leadership, which on the left-hand side is what regular leaders do. Mm -hmm. On the right-hand side is what home run leaders do. So on the chart of left-hand side, what regular leaders do, it goes like this. It's my way, like my decisions. I decide alone. I like Mm -hmm. to just get into focusing on what I want rather than what we want. So if you shift over to the home run leadership side, it's can we decide together our way to collaborate to get decisions and what I like to say is cross home plate together. So what I do is take the science, the simplified science, Mm -hmm. all the best science follows. Like the coolest part of my dissertation study was that I found out that problem solving, decision making, conflict management, restorative practices, large group facilitation, like what we do at work all day long, all follows the same core four steps. And I started in each of these tra- different training sessions. And in all my studies, I started saying, hey, wait a second, all this leadership follows four core steps. And all of it's the same, but everybody calls it something different. Mm-hmm. So in the book, regular leadership, again, just is about deciding alone, taking action alone run leadership is can we decide together awesome and what are what are the four steps um when we're thinking about being a home run leader and so tell us about the four steps and then i'm thinking about the research i know about leadership would at the base of this be like democratic versus autocratic leadership or maybe work work and i asked you two questions at once which i should never do but <laughs> tell us about the four steps and then the research backing um these ideas yeah so let's start with the four steps so usually when i share what irod is mm-hmm. it's simply information reactions options decisions and there's a leadership pattern there it's golden and it's so simple that nobody follows it. Okay. Like everyone hears IROD information, reactions, options, decision, and everyone says, Yeah, I do that. No, okay. you don't. So nobody does. <laughs> nobody does. <laughs> okay. Um, Work us through like the different steps and what are you seeing that pe- people think they do it, but they don't. And why don't we do it? Yeah. So a lot of the Greatest leadership books have this story in it that just illustrates irony. So you're driving your car and you come up to an intersection and the light turns yellow. And so you ask yourself, okay, what step am I on? Information, reactions, options, or decisions. So what I would ask the listener to do right now is to, on a piece of paper, just on the left-hand side of the piece of paper, write information, 
reactions, options, decisions. So that's IROD. It's always IROD. It's always those four steps. So when you're driving your car up to the intersection and the light turns yellow, it's just information. <laughs> and you're just at first base. So you should also know I use a framework of a baseball diamond and I put I at first, R at second, mm -hmm. O at third, E at fourth. So I can help coach my boards of directors, my leadership teams around the base path to get to the home run collaborative decision. So I want consensus. It doesn't mean unanimity. Consensus is the majority. So I'm always shooting for, can we get to consensus? So you're driving up to the intersection. Light turns yellow. It's just information. You're at what I call first base. This is the natural thinking process. Like if you're like me now, you see a yellow light. You're just coming up to the intersection. You have a strong reaction. Natural change gets you to second base. Dang it. I don't like second base. I don't like yellow lights. I, I, you know, I'm late for work. I've got concerns. You're all in that reaction, that emotion feeling part. You naturally go to third base and you say, okay, what are my options? And your natural thought process is, okay, what are my options here? Well, you can step on the gas or step on the brake. Most leaders in change skip second base when they're working with their teams because they mm -hmm. don't want reactions and they rarely want, they especially don't want negative reactions. Like they don't want negative complaints about their company or their okay. school district or their church or whatever they're leading. They skip second base, most of yeah. all. But at stoplight, we'll take you back there. You can either step on the gas or step on the brake. Most leaders now fall down between third and fourth base because they don't know the multiple steps at third base. But here they are. The very first column in my blank chart in my book on page 150 says list the options. Then you have to list the pros and list the cons. So in my trainings, I ask people, Give me a pro of stepping on the gas. Well, you get there faster. Give me a con of stepping on the gas. Well, it might not be safe. You get a okay. ticket. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's what mine would be. <laughs> I'd probably get the ticket too. My... <laughs> I don't think I have any experience with that. So... No, no, no experience with tickets. <laughs> then we say, what's a, what's a pro of stepping on the brake? Well, safety first. And what's a con of stepping on the brake? Well, the guy behind you might rear-end you. Mm. Okay. So your natural thought process follows IROD every single time and your decisions all day long. And you eventually decide, based on your best pros and cons, information and reactions, based off of your options. So most leaders don't know when you get to a team meeting and you're trying to you're trying to decide between two different five million dollar tech systems to implement for your business that if you simply slowed down and made sure you had all the pros and cons at third mm -hmm. base at first have you got all the information first base all the reactions from the team second all the options vetted those with pros and cons 
you're going to make a home run decision with the will of your team every single mm. time. So leader after leader said, thank you. You finally packaged this really simplified core of leadership into a framework, which is the baseball diamond. <laughs> You've given us simple language, which is IROD. And now we're on the same page with common language using a common framework. And we are increasing batting average. We're hitting more home runs because of your simplified framework. Okay, yeah, I love it. I love it. And I'm curious, let's talk a little bit about what I'm hearing is the step people miss in IROD is getting people's reactions. And I heard you say that um, because it's scary, it's uncomfortable. What if people disagree? You know, so there's a little bit like a emotional reaction and maybe it's easy for leaders just to skip that because they don't want to deal with the messy emotions. And, you know, it's maybe it's also like the workplace. You shouldn't have emotions, you know, right. <laughs> sometimes. Um, what what are best practices for people to get clarity on the, what the reactions of their people are. Yeah. So uh, my, my nephew owns restaurants here in the twin cities and they had a story and he shares the story of um, one of their restaurants was underperforming, like fewer people started going to one of their restaurants. So their data, mm. their information at first base was negative. And they saw as a restaurant ownership team concern there and they began looking at options for what do they do with this property? Okay. So they could have just decided as a leadership team with just three leaders at the top of this organization and made a decision. What they did instead was they held three nights, an, an I night, an R night, and an O night with the team at the restaurant. And okay. so they came in the very first night and they shared all the data and information, the trend data that they were seeing that showed decline at the restaurant, all the data and information for the staff. Mm. Well, the staff on the next night were able to share all their concerns about what they saw in the data okay. and how much they loved the restaurant and the theme was wonderful and how, how sad they're going to be if this ends up changing or closing as a restaurant. So he said, we're not here to make the decision on what the new theme or restaurant is going to be, but we'd now like you take you to third base. And could we get your ideas and suggestions about if we redesign this restaurant, what could it be to make it even better? Well, so what happened there is they harnessed all this great teamwork and feedback and information. But again, they followed IROD. They followed the science perfectly. So they got all the information first night, got people's reactions the second night, got options and ideas and opportunities at third night. So this management team, the executive team, who were the deciders, could make the best decision. Yeah. Home run. I love that. In this particular case, they looked at each of these on a different night and got feedback separately. I could imagine that was really powerful and the leadership team felt like they were part of the process 
that it wasn't just like decided, you know, for them. Hi, this is Cindra Kampoff, and thanks for listening to the High Performance Mindset. Did you know that the ideas we share in the show are things we actually specialize in implementing? If you want to become mentally stronger, lead your team more effectively, and get to your goals quicker, visit freementalbreakthroughcall.com to sign up for your free mental breakthrough call with one of our certified coaches. Again, that's freementalbreakthroughcall.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. Let's go back to my question that I asked you, you know, when I asked you two questions, and this is the reason you don't do it at the same time, don't stack the questions. But when I asked you about the research, what research, you know, is your your dissertation, where could people, if they wanted to find more, they could learn to uh, look into some concepts. Um, But tell us a little bit about the research behind IROD. So in, in chapter four of my book, I cite all the great research from my dissertation and all the work that's in my dissertation is all these great systems that use IROD. Nobody else calls it IROD. So after getting out of my doctorate program and coming into my leadership experiences, I had to coach my team on the best leadership science. But I failed miserably over and over again. Like my team couldn't follow the science. I didn't have a framework. I wasn't using the baseball diamond so they could follow along step by step where we were. Mm -hmm. So I had to simplify the language into IROD. We -hmm. had to come up with the framework, baseball diamond. So I said, okay, what base are we on? Okay, now how do we get to the next base? Because we always needed the home run decision, agreement, or plan. And my subtitle of my book is called Your Guide to Better, Faster Team Decisions. Mm-hmm. So the science, sticking with the science, problem solving follows four steps. Decision making follows four steps. Large group facilitation, team facilitation follow four steps. And I kept seeing this pattern over and over. And as I said, everybody calls it something different. So mm-hmm. when I get to training sessions, people raise their hand and they said, is this new science? No, it's super old science. Is this your science? Nope, it's everyone else's science. So what I did in my book is a little bit like Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey always said, I didn't discover the seven habits. I just made them visible. Yeah. I didn't discover the science. It's not new science. It's not my science. I cite all these other great authors mm-hmm. that use their form of IROD to drive their leadership systems. So what does that really mean? Well, if you can learn one simplified system of IROD, you can be good at all these other leadership systems without even knowing how to drive those systems. By knowing one, you can apply it to all. And that's what I've done for over 20 years. Yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate, you know, that I, I think it's um, important to acknowledge that, you know, every we're both standing on in the shoulders of giants of people who've been doing the research for a really long time and, and uh, being able to put it into sticky, tangible steps that people can implement, I think is a gift. Uh, I'm curious, the, the IROD, and let's kind of think about 
different ways that we can use this. And let's just, I think about my family. Um, I have two boys, they're teenagers. One just started driving, which is a little bit scary. (laughs) And the other one is a freshman. So uh, first year of high school. But tell us how we might use IROD in family situations. Yeah. So one of my favorite family stories. So one of the people that I coach, the, the mom creates the weekly meal calendar every single week. So she writes it out. She plans for it. She shops for it. She cooks it. And it's exhausting. Like mm-hmm. moms, I, I moms are always my heroes because they just they are doing 50 things a day for the family and at work. And they're amazing. So shout out to moms first. <laughs> and then I'll say in my coaching with this client, I said, what if you, instead of planning the whole meal calendar, shopping for it, preparing it, what if you opened up question to just begin to open up the planning process for your family meal calendar? Mm. Like, I think that gave her hives right away when I said it. But <laughs> right. Tried it, and she came back the next week on our coaching call, and she said, it worked. I got a home run. Tell me about it. She said, I opened up the meal calendar. I simply asked, what would you like to eat this week? As I'm beginning to plan my meal calendar, what would be one meal that you would like to add to the calendar? But she had okay. never asked that question. She just decided every week for the family. Mm-hmm. So her daughter said, oh, Mom, I would really like pad thai. And that mom sunk in her chair and she knew <laughs> that was like 45 minutes of cooking and preparation until her husband said, I'd be willing to take her shopping for pad thai. And when we got home, I'd be willing to cook it with her that night. Cool. So what just happened there? They went shopping, father, daughter, home run, building relationship. They came home, they cooked pad thai together, building the relationship, home run. Mom didn't have to cook, home run. And so you get win, win, win when you start moving with the team, with the family. And so she came back, Dave, like what incredible moments just happened because I simply just asked the first base question about information that people might like to see on the meal calendar that I had never done before. So if you can just slow down, remember that you're always in IROD. And if you can Mm -hmm. work with your teams, home Mm -hmm. or work, home, or work, because your family team is critically important, you'll have more and more success. Yeah, that's excellent. And I think about how I could apply it with my family as I'm listening. Um, even these small trips, we're going to the Iowa State football game tomorrow, you know, which will be fun. My husband went to Iowa State, um, well, you know, so even getting some we obviously the information we know we're going, but reactions, hey, what time should we leave? Uh, what do you want to do when we're there? Right. And so we can get really their feedback and we're not just deciding as parents, this is what we're going to do. Um, and I could see that there's more buy-in when you're connecting to your team and asking your team about their reactions and the options that they see. So if you slow down, just say, 
okay, we're heading to Iowa this weekend. It's just first base information. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, if could I get your feedback while we're there on a couple of options of other things that you might like to do? Mm-hmm. It opens up a way more fun mm-hmm. experience for the trip if they get a voice in what the final plan, what the weekend plan looks like. So we used to just have this piece of paper about Thursday afternoon about ideas for the weekend. So I would just say, okay, we're coming up to the weekend. What's on your weekend list? What's on the list? And we would have way more things that we would mention on the list. And my youngest daughter would always say, I want to go to Camp Snoopy. I want to go to the Mall of America. I want to go to the park in the middle of the Mall of America. Regardless of what weekend it was, that's what she wanted. (laughs) Of course. I want to go ride the rides. (laughs) Weekend, we decided to go there in her honor. So can you, you know, elevate voice on your team? You can't always move in consensus that you're going to the Mall of America every weekend. but Maybe you will at one point in time. Yeah, great, great examples. You know, as I'm thinking about your leadership and how it has evolved as a superintendent and all the other leadership roles you've been in, I would love to hear an example of a time that didn't go so well for you. Maybe a mistake. Again, I'm putting in air quotes <laughs> because I think like, what is a mistake, you know, for really learning? But as people are listening, they might think, well, Dave's got it completely figured out. And he's got all this research and um, IROD and these concepts of homework and leadership. But tell us about a time that didn't go so well for you and what you learned from it, because I think we can all learn something from you know, your imperfection, let's call it that. All right. So we all have regular leadership moments and we're all home run leaders. So when I get into my trainings, I tell people, I'm not here to make you home run leaders. You're already home run leaders or you wouldn't be in this leadership position. Like you're already successful. My whole goal is to increase your successes over failures, like your wins over strikeouts. So if I can increase your batting average, your success average, that's my goal. And so if you can slow down and use IROD with your team, you'll get more wins. But there was, I have hundreds of strikeouts in my career. I had somebody say, if I want to be a successful principal or superintendent, do you have any advice? And I said, yep. I do. You have to be prepared to fail. Yeah. Like we're all going to make mistakes. So the IROD also helps me recover after I've made a mistake. So we haven't talked much yet about leadership types. On my website, you can go in for free and find your leadership type. You're either an I, R, O, or D dominant type. So if you score four or five on that 20-question quiz, you can uh, find and discover how you lead, your preferred way to lead. My failure comes from making my greatest strength my greatest weakness. When you overplay your greatest strength, (laughs) when I take that leadership-type quiz at homerunleadership.com, answer the 20 questions, I score a five out of five 
as a decider. Okay. So some people score high at information, others at reactions, super caring people. Other people really like options and vetting all of those. I like to decide and go. When I overplay, when I just decide for the family to buy Top Gun tickets tonight for a movie and I don't talk to anybody, that's a failure every single night. Like if I don't decide what we're doing as a family before we do it, and I just decide we're going here, my kids will say, Dad, how could you? We've already seen that movie like three times, or we already have plans. So I fail as a dad all the time when I overplay my leadership type. As a superintendent, COVID was so hard, and we're still all recovering from COVID, excuse me, in our own organizations. But COVID was so hard because we didn't have first base information. We didn't know what it was. We had to make decisions based on reactions and the best possible information. So as superintendents, we came up with this phrase. um, We're making this decision based on the information that we have today. Yeah, (laughs) today. Yeah, I did hear that a lot. (laughs) Even people in government were saying today. (laughs) Jeez, yeah. So it cracks you up. But so when COVID hit, I had some of my greatest leadership failures. So I wanted to keep leading like I always led. We had a 14-member leadership team. So finance director, HR director, curriculum director, all of our principals, 14 of us once a week, every week for an hour and a half. And we used to bring problems there, get feedback, get run the bases with information, get reactions, look at options and decide. And when COVID hit, we had to come up with individual plans. We get 14 different plans for food service and transportation and finance and HR. Everyone needed their own plan. And our team came to a screeching halt. What what I would share with leaders is if you are completely overwhelmed in your job, the number one phrase that I hear, excuse me, from leaders is, my job is unsustainable. So if your job is unsustainable, what I would share is, have you trained your team in IROD so they can run IROD with their teams? If they can run, so my advice to leaders is to really look to see, have you trained your team in IROD? So because my team was trained in IROD, all 14 of those leaders were able to begin running the bases, running process with their teams and just bring recommendations to our top team. We had to shift from failure of trying to decide everything together, run process together as a team of 14, to shift to just get recommendations from the sub-lower teams to just get approval, a nod at this top team. That previous failure shifted into success. We then survived COVID, but I had to change my leadership style. And we had to run IROD on our own team that was failing. So we, we said, what's working well with this team? What's not working as well as it could be? What ideas do we have for improvement? Second base 
when you're the leader talking about your performance at that team meeting is really hard. Mm -hmm. I I had to weather the storm and hearing my team saying, hey, this isn't going well. We have to improve as a team and we're we're collapsing in performance. We're we can't possibly make all these decisions with the 14 of us. So we got to third base. And fortunately, somebody else was facilitating this meeting for me. And they said, what ideas do we have to shift into a higher level of performance? People brainstorm, let's bring all the decision making down into our sub teams. Let's only approve the high level recommendations at our top team. And it was the recipe for success and save me from complete failure as a superintendent. Yeah, home run. Dave, as I'm listening, I was thinking about what, why people would not implement IROD. And I don't know if this is what you found, but I would guess that of these four leadership styles, people probably fall into D the most, right? Because I think it's easy as a leader just to think about, well, I need to make the decision. I'm the leader. And it can be really difficult to take a step back and get opinions and reactions from other people. And you might think, well, that shows weakness. How could you debunk that? Um, And just as people who are listening and saying, well, you know, maybe I don't want to try IROD for that reason. Yeah, I had a guy come to my training session last week and I talked to him this week and he said, I almost used IROD this week. (laughs) That's awesome. Like, At least he's almost, honest. Right? <laughs> I almost, almost, I was thinking yeah. about it, but it's scary. <laughs> right? Because if mm-hmm. you're bringing other people into the decision, what if they say they want you to make pad tie and you really don't want to? Like, yeah. Family situation, you have to be open to that and you have to trust that in the end, your voice will be heard and their voice will be heard. And you're going to walk through the process to get to the best team decision. So it's scary at the start. And I would just say, if you can slow down and use the science-based questions that I have on page 25 of the book, it'll just basically say, do we have all the information? (laughs) Do we have everyone's reaction? Can we list all the options? And can we vet those with pros and cons? That'll help get you to the home run every single time yeah i also say if you can practice where it's safe you're more likely to use it where it's not so what Mm. does that mean so what's for dinner even if it's just you and your spouse is a great place to start in practice because if you just said hey honey i'm just starting to think about dinner tonight i know we're a couple of hours away but i'm just starting to wonder like what we have in the fridge and what's in the cupboards and um, just starting to plan for dinner, you're going to quickly hear information that they have, and they're going to quickly share reactions. And so as you begin to create a list of options, you can list all the leftovers in the fridge or what could be cooked out of the cupboard. And they might say, I don't like any of those ideas. Could we go out somewhere tonight? You can add it to the list. You begin looking at pros and cons. We select your best option that both of you or the family want. Practice at home. Practice where it's safe. 
you're always running IROD home and at work. So before you get up in front of your executive team, get some snaps from center. Get some running yeah. practice before you get in front of your executive team. Mm. Yeah, I like time. that. Use those four questions. Do we have all the I, all the R, all the O, with the pros and cons to get to the D? Those are your four best generic IROD questions. Excellent. Uh, I like how you're saying, you know, start, start easy, start safe. Um, get familiar with the questions. There was something that you said, Dave, that I don't want us to forget. And you were talking about how everybody has gaps in leadership. And then uh, in your book, you also talk about how everyone has gifts. Tell us a little bit about the difference between gaps and gifts and how we might apply that to our own leadership. Yeah. So the greatest gift that comes out of my trainings is that people realize all leaders matter. So on your leadership team, all voices matter. Most leaders don't want to hear second base voices filled with concerns because they sound oftentimes like complaints. But if you can realize it's just data and information, it's more good grounding. It's actually sometimes the warning signals that you want to avoid as a leader. So if you can make space and slow down, get all the information, get all the reactions, all the options, you're going to elevate all those leadership types onto your team. So as a decider, my leadership style is a decider. My By far, my worst decisions as a superintendent were the decisions I made quickly in the loan rather mm-hmm. than slowing down with my team to get all the I, R, and O in IRA. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Dave, you've given us so much today. I think that the IROD concept and acronym is very sticky. So I know people are going to gain that from today. And just this idea of the home run, home run leader and these different bases. Um, I love how you said all leaders matter. Um, I loved you shared your story about purpose and why you do what you do for your family and and your wife. So thank you so much for sharing that. You talked about how home run leaders um, are collaborative and they're focused on others and getting feedback from others instead of like the decision by yourself. And um, we are talking about the different ways in the leadership styles uh, that you, ways that you can use IROD and the different leadership styles. So definitely, I'm going to encourage everyone to pick up your book, Home Run Leadership. Tell us where we can get it and what your website is so that we can go to the website and find out what our leadership style is. So homerunleadership.com is my website. You can take the leadership type quiz there. You can buy the leadership course that I teach. So I have 21 videos that go with 21 chapters. If you want to buy the course and just learn independently. Uh, I do a lot of training for uh, hospitals and corporations and for schools and churches. And what everybody is realizing is the science of four, this core IROD, is transferable everywhere. All the science follows IROD. So... The book is on Amazon, Home Run Leadership. I also have a podcast. I have like 12 episodes called the Home Run Leadership Show, podcast, webcast, 
on YouTube. So if you want to look for the Home Run Leadership Show, we're getting a lot of downloads of that. And it lets you just listen in your car about other home run leaders that are successful just using IROD. I also just would remind people that if they can make it visible with their team in their conference room, and if you can train your team to make sure they're using it in their conference rooms, fewer problems will come onto your desk. That's the whole goal. You want to have mm. fewer problems coming onto your desk by training your team in IROD. Amen. I love it. I love it. Dave, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I was just listening to you and uh, uh, just proud of what you've developed and the ways that you're positively impacting people. So um, way to follow your own vision and your own goals. And I know it's inspiring as people are listening. What final advice do you have for people who are listening, who are leaders in a wide variety of ways, but they all lead, they lead themselves, they lead their team, their role model. Uh, what final advice would you have for us? First of all, just a shout out to you, Sandra. Thank you for being my inspiration. Uh, your keynotes are still, uh, I want to keep it clean. So they're still great keynotes. And so, <laughs> well, I wondered um, what you were really going to say. You can say it if you'd like. We'll bleep it out. <laughs> they're they're kick-ass keynotes. So, <laughs> Perfect. Um, and you can, you can inspire a group of, 500 to 1,000 people with your stories. So thank you. And uh, thanks for uh, really your coaching ahead of me in this journey to get me to this point for my own family. It's been a gift. Amazing. Um, and just as I, as I close, I always say, if you want to go great places, keep running the bases. Ah, I love it. <laughs> Snaps on that. Thank you, Dr. Webb, for being here today and joining us for the High Performance Mindset. We're grateful for you. Best to you. Way to go for finishing another episode of the High Performance Mindset. I'm giving you a virtual fist pump. Holy cow, did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, remember to subscribe and you can head over to Dr. Sindra for show notes and to join my exclusive community for high performers where you get access to videos about mindset each week. So again, you can head over to Dr. Sindra, that's D-R-C-I-N-D-R-A dot com. See you next week.